are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com, and that's a place where you can access all of the many places our podcast is available for you to download. Uh, but if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome. Good we job. A mur- Good job. Good job. Sorry, Josh. I intentionally interrupted you there. A murder fest of a show today uh, in more ways than you might think. The topic of the show is the phenomenon that has taken over gaming right now. That's right. We are launching out of our proverbial airplanes and parachuting right into your headphones or speakers for podcasters enter and hopefully, well, hopefully all of us make it out alive as we discuss battle royale games and the genre, most importantly, that uh, has taken over gaming lately. Uh, most importantly, Fortnite is a game that we have all been playing quite a bit this week. Uh, and of course, that leads to a little Player Unknown's Battlegrounds discussion being the first. Um, we've been playing just so much Fortnite, and we are excited to get our thoughts out there. They just crossed like, what, 40 million players um, recently. So uh, Morgan and Shay uh, have been dealing with both sides of the side quest coin as they discuss a bit more Gravity Rush and Nier. Um, a little teaser there. As well as one fiery final slash of a hellblade as shay has some important final thoughts after finishing the game um the bio break this week it has kind of a jazzy feel to it and i won't reveal any more just yet uh, and fish and me rekindle our middle school adolescence with a few bouts of final fantasy dissidia um, that was a b- big mistake um our listeners are fans of kissing what what, that doesn't make sense. Well, I got more on that later, too. And we have an awesome listener email and so much more. You don't want to miss it. I am out of breath from this long-ass fucking intro, but that means it's going to be a fun show. <gasps> Let's get to some intros. Introduce the crew that we love, that I love. I know that's for sure. Um, up first, the one and only, the Filipino Johnny Depp. From Texas, Fish is here. Um, you know, Fish, I made fun of you a few weeks ago. I mocked you. I was laughing at your feeble aging, <laughs> aging Asian bones when you told me you slipped on uh, some ice. And you were complaining about being sore. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still hurt by it. Still recovering from that nasty wound and that you, uh, you inflicted on me. Both wounds. Yeah, the real one and, and my wound. Because um, I'm a jerk. And you know what? It might have been karma, because this week, I slipped on some ice, and I can tell you I was also in a great amount of pain for days. <laughs> yes! <laughs> karma. Uh, it gets better. It gets better. Um, you were really sick, and I was giving you shit about, you know, just complaining about making you're unhealthy, and you're vaping this, and that's probably why you're sick, and blah, 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 you whiny bitch. And then guess what? I got sick. I got sick earlier this week. I was having trouble sleeping. <laughs> sorry I, I just can't help but laugh at you right now keep going um, but the last straw the last straw last night for the first time in years i was also unable to please my wife in bed and much like you and you know what the curse has to stop fish i don't know what you've done but you need to lift this curse from me you got married this weekend it's that's the joke of the show i just call her my wife from now <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, that, that was a pretty good laugh you gave me. Most of that laugh was muted by me, but yes. <laughs> Don't mute your laughs. We all want to hear your, your <laughs> chuckling soul over there. So, 
you, your, your curse, whatever you did, fish, you know, karma, whatever you want to call it, I'm feeling it. So um, I take it all back. I don't want, oh. you know. Oh, okay. Okay. I accept it. I accept I, your apology. I don't want generations of my family to also have sexual ineptitude. Okay. So whatever it is, just please. Right. There's only right. going to be so many of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's With true. With his two daughters. Mm-hmm. Two daughters. Yeah. God, don't remind me. I love my daughters more than anything, but I am just killing the family line. Glad to have you here this week, Fish. And um, I'm gonna pivot away from that conversation to introduce our our next co-host, my good friend Shay Layton from Japan, joining us. You know, Shay had a fantastic joke planned for you um, today, but I think I'd rather just pivot, maybe to to something else. How do you feel about that? Okay. That's it? That's you got nothing else for me? No. Well, if if for, to let our listeners know, <laughs> Shay wants to be coy. Me and Shay have been arguing about the word pivot all day long. I tweeted today, I said Fortnite is the greatest pivot in gaming history. And uh Shay being the educated that a man he is, did take issue with that. So It's true. It's true. Okay. <laughs> See, nothing? Nothing at all? You don't want to defend yourself? Nah, I already made my point. It's coming around. The greatest pivot in gaming history. Fortnite. <laughs> I'm not going to be baited in. Well, I just, you know, it's. I know it's going to be a good show if Shay's arguing with me a couple hours beforehand. We're arguing about Fortnite. <laughs> we're arguing about pivot. We're just arguing all day. And we get, we got to make up on the podcast. That's how it works. Only if it ends in mucusy sex. Mucusy. I don't like the sound of it. If, if you couldn't tell, Shay is very sick over there in Japan. I can see him on the webcam. He is, looks like he's wearing a parka. Um, they have weird laws in Japan, so he's not allowed to buy headache medicine. Uh, it's been a rough day for him. It's been a great day. <laughs> He's here. He's podcasting. We, you can hear the. Come on, Shay, give us some enthusiasm. God. Yeah. I'm getting sick just listening to you over this goddamn thing. All right. Well, Shay's here. I love Destiny too. Okay. There. Now we know he's really not feeling well. <laughs> uh, thanks for um, being here. I know you're not feeling well, so uh, better have no a little shade. Better have a little shade than no Shay. That's what she said. Um, and lastly here, uh, from Michigan, the one and only Joshua Fowler is here. And Josh, so glad you could be here this week. Um, you know, you did great work on the podcast picture last week. Uh, if you go to swordchomp, swordchomp.com, if you're listening, you can see the picture Josh made for our podcast. Last week, if you missed the show, we talked about bug testicles. And uh, Josh <laughs> photoshopped a really cool photo of a bug flying around with a giant pair of black saggy nuts and um i gotta say josh i love the idea of you just like meticulously hunched over your computer uh photoshopping this giant pair of testicles onto a uh an insect that's how you spent your whole day or a couple hours a day that makes me feel good mm-hmm. yeah it really helps to be able to match up angles um when you're photoshopping just to have a nice portfolio of testicles you can draw from um, oh, okay. <laughs> for for any job that make you you know you may come across, so so you yeah you could build your portfolio out of this if mm-hmm. you ever go in for a job interview and just the many ways you have Photoshop. You know what? I like that idea. 
the many ways you could Photoshop testicles onto things. Different mm-hmm. tes- different testicles. Yeah. Um, I like it. A testicle um, for every mood. You know, the real, the, the real, <laughs> 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 that sounds like, uh, I don't even know. I was going to say something like a porno, but it's not quite interesting. right. Interesting. You know, um, it sounds interesting. <laughs> Uh, Josh, I got to say this, though. All the time you spent photoshopping testicles on the bugs, still a better use of your time than watching the Overwatch competitions. Uh... Nothing? We're going to have to edit all the silence out, Josh. You know the listeners don't like all this mm-hmm. awkward silence you're leaving there for me. Yeah, I may have to I edit did. in five or six more seconds of silence there, just so we know exactly how well that joke went. <laughs> that's. I think that's. I think that's a really good idea. I, mm-hmm. um, as one of the four hosts, uh, I vote <laughs> yes for that motion. Yeah, sprinkle in some coughs. I, I think. <laughs> I think we're good. I think you should uh, actually get one of those crickets with some testicles. To mm-hmm. chirp in the background mm-hmm. as you add that silence. Uh, that would be nice. Now, sound it's effects I'm okay with. Even if the joke lands, I'm okay with the crickets. Well, you know, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> um, actually, I did a poll on that earlier this week too on the Instagram, uh, and m- most people were in favor of esports. I did get a couple messages from people who just, you know, said I didn't know what I was talking about. Playfully, they weren't rude or anything. They were just like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I'm sorry. I just, I, I want esports to be successful because, you know, I think it's great for video games. I just, I just can't fully appreciate it. Um, but I am glad you really enjoyed it, Josh. It sounds like you're still, the competition is still going on right now, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, actually, I was uh, just watching those games before I came up to record. Although, mm-hmm. first two games tonight were pretty one-sided, so. Yeah, it was a good time to mm. podcast. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get out here in time for a closer match after the yeah. podcast here. So, cool, good deal. Well, thanks for being here. And of course, I'm Morgan Barnes from Montana, and I'm excited. Uh, we got a great show today, as we mentioned earlier. So, right, let's get right into it. The topic of the show is basically this whole battle royale phenomenon that is sweeping the gaming world, and it started last year with the mini phenomenon that was player unknown battlegrounds and now Fortnite has just exploded um now the the big deal with Fortnite to set this up is it was designed of course by Epic Games uh, of Gears of War fame and whatnot and Fortnite was a game that was in production for a long time it was like a running joke in the gaming world that like Fortnite was never going to come out. <laughs> People were like, didn't believe it was a real thing. Like, is Fortnite even a real fucking thing? But it was kind of not an exciting concept. It was basically sort of like Minecraft, um, like sort of a more intense Minecraft kind of zombie horde mode sort of thing they were going for. Um, and people weren't really excited about it. And it released. And it was fine. But they brilliantly decided to pivot and create... <laughs> she has given me a thumbs up and create this Fortnite battle royale mode that has now become the phenomenon it is i think it's like over 40 million uh people play this game so it is insane and that's because they took the idea that player unknown battlegrounds made so popular and they've made it very accessible to everyone on console 
they've brought it to a um a very playable triple a game i mean say true about fortnite it's a very polished triple a game that was in production for years and years where like player unknown battlegrounds is kind of very janky and stuff it's charming but very janky and uh and it's free it's free like me and fish played it with each other this week we didn't pay a goddamn dime and we could even play online with each other without like a ps plus account or anything on ps4 so a perfect storm as i like to call it in the gaming world for a phenomenon and for you need for a phenomenon you need a perfect storm and i think 40 million is fair to say we have a phenomenon in our hands i mean people thought it was a big deal when player known battlegrounds sold 2 million copies so anyways my starting point and i want to get you guys thoughts on this before i ramble on too long i want to kind of set the stage that's the topic of the show the battle royale phase run right now my starting point is that remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about uh, we had a podcast about first person shooters um i guess it would have been right around the wolfenstein time and uh <clears throat> when we played wolfenstein 2 for the first time and we talked about how there were just wasn't a lot of innovation in the genre and i think in my heart what we're seeing with the success of both player unknown battlegrounds of fortnite is for years and years and years first person shooters are so popular but people have just been hungering for something different something new something that sort of reinvigorates the genre and then they finally got it which was this sort of take on the Hunger Games phenomenon kind of a thing that, you know, has kind of become the rage over the past five or ten years. Um, and they took that concept and the first-person genre and kind of spun it on your heels. And that's my starting point, but I want to kind of know how you guys feel about the genre, maybe how you feel about what I said, etc. Uh, Fish, I'll throw it to you first. I know we've been playing a lot this week, and you played PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds quite a bit. Mm-hmm. last year number it was in your top five games of the year very controversial list you had by the way but in your top yes. five games of yes. the year <laughs> um yeah it's a it's an interesting concept uh to have you know a hundred players jump into one arena one big map and um essentially for, you could go in as solo or duo but like it, it's it just feels like a free-for-all at that point like I think the tension immediately comes as soon as you jump out of that. Um, it's a flying bus with like a, in a, a, what is that? Fortnite, the battle bus. You're talking about Fortnite specifically, the battle bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that battle bus. But yeah, it's just, it's just an interesting concept to, that, I don't know. It's, I don't think I've ever seen that in a video game and... I don't know why exactly player unknowns exploded so big with that just that simple concept because you know the graphics weren't all that great it didn't run as smooth as it um it it could and like yeah that game definitely had a lot of jank especially when it first came out when I started playing it and like stuff like running into like a fence and you're in a car and just all of a sudden you come to a complete stop um, mm. or something weird just happens with the physics in that game. Like there's a lot of that jank, but a lot of people overlook that just because of that concept of, you know, going up against other people in this big arena. And uh, well, let me back you up a little bit. Cause you're, you're tipping at it, but you're kind of dancing around it in the fish fashion. But that's what I want to get you to dig at. One of the first things you said, and every, I agree with everything you've said, but one of the first things you said was, I don't know why. But I think that's what we're trying to get to the heart of, as to why you think this has become the phenomenon that it has in your eyes. And of course, I think it's just because people are starving for innovation in the genre. But like, what is your, what yeah. do you think? Um, 
I don't know. I th- I think it, the game has like a multitude of different uh, tones to the game. I think it, it brings on like a survival type of mentality, um, where you're rummaging from building the building, looking for loot, uh, looking for guns, bandages, mm-hmm. stuff to survive with, and uh, always having like one eye looking the other way as far as uh seeing if anybody's around you like there's that constant fear that you're gonna get somebody's gonna jump on you and um essentially kill you but like yeah there's there's that and like also the fact that you're you're all competing to be the last one alive in a game as well and um trying to think what else like there there's like that both games are in third person, so uh, I, I can't say that it's like that first-person shooter, um, mainstream type of people who like just like first-person shooters out there. It's got to be, but, though, because a lot of the same people that uh, you know I see saw streaming, you know, Call of Duty and Destiny are the people mm-hmm. I see streaming Fortnite now, even though it was a third-person yeah, shooter. Exactly, yeah. It, 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 they must be wanting to move away from that you know the first person view and that the third person view is definitely helps out in this game because you can peek around corners with the camera and um even though you you could play uh player unknowns in first person um fortnite you can't uh as far as i know um i'm not sure on the pc but on the ps4 i wasn't able to play in first person but yeah 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 that third person view is more it's it it just seems much more like it's a better way of actually viewing that game in, in that setting in that game type whereas uh you have an advantage i would say in third person like if you play in first person you're kind of limiting what you can see around corners and stuff like that and um yeah it, it just plays on a lot of different stuff i think in the in those in that genre um Okay. Well, I can't get you to. I, I'm trying to dance you down. I want to answer. And I can't do it. You're just dancing all over the place. I can't get you to commit. Shay, what do you? I mean, Shay, what do you think? I know you spent some time with Fortnite, but in general, as we talk about this genre, broad strokes, what are your thoughts on it? Um, in general, the game is somewhat fun. I think the allure of the game, to be honest with you, boils down to two things. Uh, one, it's free, which is very, very nice. I think that's kind of going along that um whole model of free to play um pay for um additional content essentially which has been clearly where a lot of competitive games are moving henceforth like with Overwatch and whatnot but the other the other main thing I main concept I believe is why this game is so popular is because it's a great uh, combination of many games or many um, subgenres of a main genre of gaming put into one, and it's it's a decent blend. Um, it's it's certainly a fun game. Um, I played it for I don't know like two plus hours this morning, and it's nice. Um, I I, f- I felt a little bit of fatigue with playing for two hours straight, so I think it's like for I guess for me it's one of those games where you sit down for half an hour, maybe play one or two, maybe three matches, depending on how short or long they go. And then mm-hmm. doing something else. 
You know, it's just one of those short yeah, bursts yeah. of games where you just sit down, have a little bit of mindless fun, and then go do your next activity for the day or whatever it is you do. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and, and Josh, you know, I tried, Josh was not having any of this game or the genre. I couldn't, I tried so hard to get Josh to play Fortnite. And it was free. He was not having it at all. Doesn't sound like you're particularly intrigued by this whole battle royale movement we have going on, Josh. I mean, let, no. let's hear it. No, not really. Um, no, just no. Um, Why? What, what is it about that's such a turnoff? It's not that interesting of an idea. It's really not. It's a shooter with just tons and tons of random elements. Um, like there's nothing about that that sounds fun. Like there's very little improvement that you get from skill and something like that because a lot of it is Mm -hmm. did I spawn with eight people all around me who want to kill me immediately if so you just die there's nothing you can do about it it's Uh just it's yeah it's just so much of it is random I I don't it's not something I'm going to put any time into Um, if I want to sit down and play a completely random game I'll go play Candyland with my kids Um. (laughs) <laughs> First of all, I, I play Candyland with my daughter, and it doesn't have the depth that I remember when I was five years old, I'll tell you that. But, um, no, I agree with you, there is a randomness to it, but isn't that kind of makes it fun? Like, like last night, me and Fish, let, let's put it this way, this, the situations will always play out differently. Isn't, isn't that the appeal to not know exactly how something's going to turn out every time you turn it on? I mean, you can do that without the randomness being just inherent to the game. Um, it, that should come from the players themselves and not so much from just I'm trying to think of a good way to explain this um, I mean pretty much any any multiplayer game is going to be different every time Uh huh. Um, just because you're playing against a different person but that doesn't mean you had to add, have to add in more and more things to change how the matchup is going to play out um I I just I don't I don't see any appeal in them. They just they do not do anything for me at all. Mm. So well so. well the the things that are static in that world are the the map the map mm-hmm. it never changes like all the all the areas all the different like buildings and names of the towns are all in one particular area. But the thing that's random though is the bus flying over that'll. That that's what essentially what changes up how the map's gonna play out, how people are gonna devise kind of a route of oh we're gonna land here and then we're gonna move up towards this area if the circle's gonna be closing in, the eye of the storm's gonna be closing in over here. Um, that's the randomness of it, and having that I think is what <clears throat> keeps it fresh feeling. It, like things just doesn't. You don't feel like you're in total control and like a lot of times like in call of duty you're the one thing that you have to have in control is just your aim like having the mm-hmm. best weapon that you're comfortable with and then of course steadying your shots or anticipating where enemies are going to come from like that's pretty much all you're going to be doing in those games and i think a lot of people are bored of that at this point and want more 
of just like a, the randomness of these games where I, I don't want to say it's the an cliche. ADD world. Fish is, it's an ADD world we're living in. It Josh. is. Yeah. We, it we, is. We need, it's a YouTube generation. It's a Twitch generation. Like uh, games that are particular are better to stream are are blowing up now. Um, but I mean, I w- yeah. I look at it like this. That's actually, yeah. I mean, in the That's one a thing, really good point, actually, Morgan. Um, <laughs> like I didn't even think about that. Like because the additional random elements to it, like. Fish is making the comparison that of what you control in a Call of Duty style game. Well, you also get to control which kill streaks you have access to, which guns you have access to, um, or a game like Overwatch where you control your character and you know what powers you're getting. There's more control in those games, whereas you put on Fortnite, which is the more random element, um, and like there, it feels like there is almost a lack of progression because you don't necessarily get well acquainted with weapons because all you're all you can really get acquainted with is the map um orientation and that's essentially it but yeah like you're saying morgan to your point of there needing to be random elements to stream games that that really adds some more unique content because if i'm going to watch the same guy play call of duty Mm -hmm. he's going to use the same guns he's going to do the same tricks because he knows what works but if you're playing a game like Fortnite, that's not necessarily true. If I want to go and camp in the same spot, I might just find a pistol and that's it. I might just find some bandages. Or I might find a rare sniper rifle. It all depends on how the loot randomly drops, which makes it more interesting for streaming and viewing this game. Mm-hmm. And and for us, a generation behind... Or not like in terms of age, but in terms of gaming... A generation or two behind this we're used to the consistency of video games i think this is kind of i don't think the battle royale royale aspect is what's new and fresh and innovative i think it's what they're doing with the battle royale genre you can go back and look to conquer's bad fur day which had arena battles saints row one that came out in 2006 had online deathmatch which were arena battles as well um it's just the level of randomness in this battle royale style game is what's really um pleasing just keep scaling it up a lot of people yeah yeah absolutely you ramp everything up more more players more guns all that stuff each uh each drop is like a story like every time me and fish dropped last night together some and sometimes those stories suck sometimes it's 10 seconds in we land in the house where four other people have landed and we're dead and that's a shitty story but the game allows you to quickly jump back into another match within probably like a minute it's so quick and mm-hmm. sometimes the story is great like there was this one match where me and fish got like 10th or something and it was like every little part of that um match i remember like the buildings we stay we stayed in the conflicts we had it was all very memorable so you know it's not every story is going to be great like because the randomness but some of them are and they're always different and i think that's what's fun. i'll tell you this when you play with fish he's always running for loot he is a loot whore. He's like, fish, there's some guys running up over the hill. Let's take shelter. And he's like, oh, a chest, a chest. And he just runs off. <laughs> so I'm just like, God damn it, fish. Um, uh, it's funny that like uh, on the map, I, I didn't check the map, but there was one little mansion in the middle of a lake that we, after we, after we dropped in there and we found like two legendaries there, we were like, this place is pretty fucking awesome. And like the second match we jumped into, we're like, 
let's go back to that mansion in the middle of the lake. That became our spot it, where we always just yeah. parachute down to, it was called Loot Lake. How yeah, and, and I looked on the map, and I, it was actually named Loot Lake. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's fucking perfect. And, it's, and the game, the, the thing that impressed me about Fortnite, and I will say the shade tinted on this, is that, they, the, yes, Bat, Player Unknown Battlegrounds was the revolution of the concept of Battle Royale. Um, but Fortnite basically took that concept and made it a million times better, because the game actually has an art style. It's kind of like the bright and colorful Overwatch of... Uh, as where Battlegrounds is kind of dingy and ugly. Which is crazy because it's ugly as fuck and it doesn't even run on my goddamn computer. And then um, they took a lot of those Minecraft elements, like very simple things, like just being able to mine stuff for resources and stuff that people love in their games, survival elements. They put that in there and it works really well. And then loot, like you open chests and loot explodes. That's like the rush fish gets from Destiny, sort of, you know? So it's like, they basically said, look, we have the compi- Here's what I think they did, Josh. I think, and fish, uh, and, and Shay took off, I think, to vomit his brains out because he's really sick. Um, <laughs> I think they basically said, someone was brilliantly sat in their office after they made Fortnite and said, look, we have all the elements to make a better one of those games and we can do it quickly. Let's just repurpose these assets as quickly as we can and get this thing out there. And I think that's all they did because you can look at the, the character of that map, which I'm sure they must have thrown together really quickly after the... Uh, Player Unknown's battle, Battlegrounds took off. It's just someone just said, look, we can do this game better than... It's almost like what Blizzard did, right? Where Blizzard usually looks at other games and says, we can do this better. Um, yeah. I mean, I can, can respect that, too, because, I mean, like you've said before, Player Unknown's... Ad- the Battleground was just a really good idea. Done fairly poorly as far as optimization, as far as bugginess, general... Just general polish. Yeah. Um, and they've been slowly improving it. Like, slowly improving it. I think it's eventually going to be a, you know, well-running game. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, I feel like these guys just had the money to throw at it to make it into something that feels better. So. It feels like a triple A. And the coolest thing is, like, they must have been thanking their, their lucky stars because they must have just sat there and said, look, we have all these weird mechanics already here. We already have the mining mechanics. We have the loot mechanic. We have uh, some solid shooting mechanics. We made Gears of War, for Christ's sakes. You know, we have a bright, colorful all-star. Let's just, let's just make a map and just, you know, it's, it was there for the picking. And that's why I think it's, when I say it's the biggest, uh, they made the biggest pivot in gaming history. Um, and it's not, I can't think of another time that I saw a game come out that was like, either poorly received or bad and they changed it to something better now final fantasy the the sad thing about it though is i think their original product was probably better but no one cared like the idea of the whole minecraft element with a gigantic horde mode type Mm -hmm. setup it makes a whole lot more sense with all the mechanics they've got going there it just it works better just getting a bunch of friends together playing horde mode but with like you know minecraft type you know, elements to it. That sounds great. Does that it? Sound, that See, sounds that much sounds better than a Battle Royale bullshit. Ugh, that's weird. That is weird that you would say that. Because, I mean, there's so many games that already, that would do something like that. I'm fascinated that that sounds more appealing. But to none me. of them have really done it well. It's always been this tacked on side thing to just a shooter. Um, have you ever played Seven, seven Days to Die? 
I don't think I so. That's uh, like zombies um, mixed with Minecraft. So basically you're like holed up in this territory and you're basically building your area, trying to hole yourself in to present, prevent zombies from getting in. Well, did you guys so. try, oh, did you guys try the, co- Fish, did you try the co-op mode in Fortnite? Because there's the Battle Royale mode, but then there's the co-op mode, right? The Yeah, the PvE. Yeah, what is that about? Did, have you tried that at all? Um, we didn't try it. I, think, I didn't try it. I think that might be more of Josh's thing, because there's a PvE mode where I believe it's like zombies or something. I shouldn't speculate on it, because that's not fun to listen to, but um, we should try that, because there is a whole other mode in there as well. And honestly, Shay, I know you didn't get a chance to play it with us, but I will tell you this. One thing Shay said that a lot of people have told me that I 100% agree with is that it's a game you play for about half an hour for me, and then I'm done when I play by myself. But last night, when me and Fish played together, because we were playing more slowly and as a team, the matches would last longer. So we only played maybe five matches, but we were on for like two and a half hours. And the time went by very quickly. So I love playing it with fish. By myself, I'm like, eh, this is all right. Killed 20 minutes here and there. You know, I get it. It's cool. But with, with a friend, and we can, if you guys, if I, I'll never be able to talk Josh into this, but they have a four-person squad mode in that game where we could all be part of a squad and we could all experience it together. And that could be a lot of fun. So I would actually try it. I would try it. If all four of us get on, I'll probably try it. I'll need to delete something off my PS4 because that thing's completely out of space again. And uh, yeah, I have that problem. Check it too. out. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. I had to go through and delete a bunch of old games just because. Jesus Christ! Put put your games on the disc if you're gonna sell a disc, guys. But what the yeah. what the hell? Why yeah, do I have really 75 really... gigs of a download for fucking Uncharted Four? What the hell? For, for what the hell? The What's the disc for? What's shit, the yeah. disc for? Jesus Christ. Um, but anyway. Anyway, my PS4 okay. is full is what I'm saying. Um, okay. Okay. Well, I would love to try that with you guys. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, we had a lot of jokes. Fish kept calling his little thing the stairway to heaven. Um, every time he'd build a little <laughs> ramp. We, had the, we got in this one match last night where people were under, like, they didn't know 100% where we were. We built a ramp up into a secret alcove where a chest was, and then people started running in our building. So they didn't, we, we broke our ladder away so they couldn't climb up to where we were, but they knew we were up there. So they were using the Minecraft stuff, and they were like chopping away at the ceiling and the walls, and they were like trying to basically tear away the building from around us. And it was like really intense to like see the structure. Like one of the weirdest things about this game is the structures you're in sometimes are changing. Either they're evolving or breaking down during the landscape it's very weird it's a very weird thing the end game is particularly weird like people just start building towers like when you get down to the very end there's like a tiny little circle people just start building fucking towers everywhere and shit it just the end game it's strange man it's real strange um but the world has so many it's beautiful there's a lot of cool little touches like there's this like bass pro shop store that you you go in there's like this giant mounted fish on it it's really goofy there's like all the houses you like walk in like and just looking at the furniture and and the stuff they threw in there it's it's very scattershot to look sort of like a weird a post-apocalyptic island like player unknown battlegrounds but it, it to me it has a lot more charm because it's very bright and colorful and uh, like overwatch as opposed to like people love overwatch characters because they're bright and colorful composed compared to like the dingy shooters out there right so anyways that's it it's got a lot of good stuff going for it it really does it's free it's free 
yeah it definitely has like that mainstream type of appeal to it um where it i don't think it's doing any wrong as far as like it's it's almost like a cartoony look to it um i mean like um, the the trees themselves almost look like some like whimsical type of tree like in a fantasy world (laughs) yeah (laughs) world warcraft it's very weird and different um and um it definitely yeah that i think the charm in this game from that art style is uh what sets it apart from player unknowns battlegrounds even though they both use the same engine um i would say fortnite seems to run a lot better than uh player unknowns battlegrounds at this point um yeah i didn't have but, any like performance issues i mean there's little yeah. things that the combat takes getting combat is not like the reason i would love to see like a gears of war game in this vein is because like the combat feels very solid and polished but it's like very simple like gears of war when you play it is a very distinctive feel to it the way you lock into cover the way you chainsaw people like it's it feels like a very unique thing this feels like a very well-made third-person shooter it's very generic feeling um outside the art style so like it's hard for me to like feel an attachment to the weapons or anything like you'll see this josh when you try it but like mm-hmm. all the weapons feel fine but i never pick something up where i'm like oh this is so fun to use or like i feel yeah. great using this or anything it's funny when i was checking this out one of like the top things on their fac on their website there is that yes they're going to fix the guns because they suck um yeah <laughs> it feels bad um it was like question number two um so well, and you can yeah. get back to a corner where you have like an exotic, like, this is the thing me and I was giving fish shit about. He was always trying to get better and better loot, right? Stay alive and get like, he's like, I'm looking for an exotic or a legendary or he was just getting that loot lust. But at the end of the day, we were still getting killed. It didn't matter if we had an, uh, you know, an epic gun or a legendary gun. Like if you don't know how to use it properly or mm-hmm. maybe the separation is not that big, we still got our ass handed to us many times. Yeah, um, you still have to actually aim at their heads with that hawk moon. Damn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I'll give Fish this, though. He is usually... The reason I want Fish to pay attention is because he's a better shooter than me. So I'm like, I'm trying to be there for like moral support and tactics and stuff, and I'm trying to get Fish there to like help me with the actual battle because he's better at shooters. But then every time a battle starts, he's running off for a treasure chest. You know, <laughs> it's just like, I don't... Or I'm running in out in the middle of a lake and somebody <clears throat> spots me and I'm like, Morgan, help! And I'm trying to make my way back to safety. It's, I know, last yeah, night we were, we were in a perfectly safe spot and he's like, I want to go break this tree down for some stuff. I'm like, fish, just not, not right now. And he's like, I'm just going to go run out in the middle of the forest and break this tree down. And sure enough, he runs out there, he's in the middle of nowhere, and these guys roll up on him and kill him, and we're dead. So, like, the one thing, and I, that's a joke, but when, in all seriousness, like, being antsy and wanting to move around in this game is something you fight in your head because you want to keep moving because sitting still is not exciting. But you know that sometimes when you're sitting still, you're staying alive longer. So there's this weird, like, you're playing devil's advocate with yourself. Like, ah, oh, should I just wait? But I'd rather just go check out that building. You know what I mean? You're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, that's something that I struggle with for sure. Um, but even just stand, playing conservatively, like, that'll get you killed as well. Like. Like like you just stated, Morgan. Like whenever I ran off to get more wood to for building supplies, so I could build up walls around us. Um, those guys ran up on me, killed me, and um, I started spectating you. And took your you. tree. 
<laughs> they took my tree. Yeah. They it's took my wood. They took your wood. They took all my building dignity. materials. Yeah. My bandages and uh, Morgan was like, mm-hmm. "It's <laughs> fish right just sitting out him. there." <laughs> yeah, my body. Was he wanted just... some loot, and they just roll up on him and take his wood. He was. He was real nice. It was like in a movie where, like, you come across some ruffians. Like, he's just chopping the tree. He's like, "Hi, guys." I'm just, you know, I'm just minding my own business, just trying to get a little wood. You know, like, it's every time you run into someone, it's just like, everyone wants to kill you. That's the vibe of the game. Everyone wants to kill you. There is yep. no friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Anyways, finish yeah, your point. Sorry. You said, you said, even when you were talking about how, even when you're staying still. Yeah, even when you're staying still, like when you were hiding out in that little hut of an area, you were like, "Damn it, fish!" You were like scolding me for dying out there to mm-hmm. those two guys, yeah. and you were like, "Damn it, fish! Why couldn't you just stay in this little hut?" Yeah. And the funny thing is, one of them threw a grenade at your hut and, <laughs> and blew off both all the walls, and you were just like still crouching there. <laughs> It was almost like the scene from uh, Jurassic uh, Park where the guy sits out on the toilet and T Rex. Everything folds in around him, yeah. That's a great (laughs) metaphor for. Oh, man, I gotta go make a meme of that, right? Or not a meme, because I think memes are terrible, but I gotta go make a a post of that. Thank you for the inspiration. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you just can't. You just, you gotta adapt to the situations quicker. And like, that's something that we're working on in training, playing through the game, I, I would say. Got Josh to show a picture. No, to to my credit, Fish, the only reason they knew I was in the hole was because I popped out to try and save your ass. If we were both hiding in the shack, how would they have known we were in there? Because it's a shack? Uh, yeah, I mean, but it was like fish in a barrel, though. I mean, well, they could have rolled up, saw somebody They're not going to bomb any like... shack they see because that gives them away. They would have slowly approached it and peeked in and it would have been a fair fight that's all i'm saying but whenever you had attacked i ran up there and tried to fight and i was just like a fish in a barrel just shooting my shitty pistol or whatever i had i don't even know um i don't know that game i don't fish tell me if you and shay as well i didn't i never feel powerful in that game and i'm sure that's by design but at no point no matter what weapon i had did i feel powerful yeah very Uh, true yeah, especially playing solo, like you feel like you're just the weakest of uh, things, and the weakest of things. Part- <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but like for me personally, like the playing solo, things. like I just I play very conservative, curvis conservative, and just Words. like I'll 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 be walking into a building and I'll be like, is anybody here? I'll be crouching and yeah, I'll be yeah. moving real slow. Is anyone here? Mm-hmm. And like, I'll just, I'll be moving at such a slow Well, you're not ball, supposed to say when, that. If you say, is anybody here, they might actually hear you. So oh, that's, that's probably yeah. not a good idea. Yeah, I wish it had proximity mics, actually. Like, if you actually got close to a person, you can <laughs> hear them, them talking. scream it on the mic oh, that'd or be something. Great. Uh, they would just hear us but, talking about dicks the whole that'd time. That'd be great. <laughs> so I could hear more kids yelling, <laughs> fuck into the mic. I would love that. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I mean, if you don't like what they're talking about, you could just walk away. <laughs> that's <laughs> I sure sure I can't argue with that logic um <laughs> yeah but playing playing in duos like where I find the strength in is like in your teammate like well, once once you're both like oh, like you. okay the uh the eye of the storm is coming in this way we, we need to start moving mm. then you start like making out your plan like all right we need to get to this ridge over here and like we got to spot out a building see if we can find some cover like 
all that stuff like that, that feels more empowering that whenever you have like a game plan set together and then you got each other's backs like that's where the fun is in playing in like duos mm-hmm. and i'd imagine playing in squads as well Are you, um, i'm gonna go get this tree you watch me get the tree. You too. Watch him watching I, me get the tree. You know, he's right. We should have went out there as a team. Instead of me being an asshole and staying back, we should have went to the tree together. I should have protected you while you were chopping you down the tree. Well, it would have been a fair fight then. But you know what? You could have been watching my back. It's like, oh, we got two guys coming. I would have put away my pickaxe and I would have pulled out my gun and it would have been a fair fight then. That's that's the cool thing about the game yeah. is every time you die, at least in duos, is I always wanted to jump back in there and like, let's try this. Let's try that. Something with us has to work well. Um, so anyways, maybe we'll all get together and, and try it. I think that'd be a lot of fun uh, as well. So maybe, you know, we can cap it there for this week. And if we end up playing it some more, we can talk about it a little bit next week as well. Um, I think that pretty much sums up both Fortnite and the topic of the show. To be continued. Um, on that note... So, Shay, I know you're sick, but um, I had wrote down this whole thing about side quests because there's one of those things that struck me during the week. You said that you had to stop doing all the side quests in Gravity Rush because they were going to like prevent you from finishing the game, right? Yes, essentially. Um, even though you're enjoying them. And I was having an opposite issue with Nier, but I don't want to get into that yet. I'm just saying it kind of gave me this nice like uh, serendipitous idea to talk about this. Um, cause we're on the other sides of the coin, but for you, I know you want, do you want to talk, you finished Gravity Rush, so. Yes. Game of the year. Yeah. Now after finishing yeah. it, should have made your top five. Is that, is that what you're going to say? Oh, no, it's, 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 it was placed exactly where it deserved to be placed. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So, so number one, how was the conclusion? Was it, was it epic? Was it emotional? Was it. It's really, really well done. Um, Leading up to that point, one thing I noticed that I hadn't entirely considered because I've been playing in such small chunks over the past year um, is that this game, while it's very good, the story itself has a little bit of pacing issues. And I feel like that is not indicative of anything other than... um, just how I guess Japanese anime and Japanese stories are told because often when I've watched anime, um, it is told in this in a similar way, yeah. So it was, it wasn't like detrimental to the game at all, it was super interesting. It was just like it'd be a little bit jarring at times because there are two endings in the game essentially, there's mm-hmm. like the, the first pseudo ending, and if you stop there, technically you've beaten the game. But there's a prompting after the game that if you do something, you can keep going further. And it was just weird because it, hmm. it acted like there was this ending, but it just like thrusts you into this quick ending and you're like, oh, the game's done? Like, the, like it didn't feel like, like there was a conclusion, you know, like to a natural story. And then you're like, oh, there's got to be more. And then there is more. And then... You beat the game again, and there is an actual denouement. Like there is a good ending to the game, it, and it's a it's a very good slow burn to the ending. But yeah, the the ending is just absolutely epic. The boss fight was so well done. The final boss, um, without giving it away too much, I will just talk about the mechanics and not the actual boss fight itself because I know you still want to play it. Mm-hmm. Basically, 
as you're fighting this guy, and each time you almost defeat him, um, he does something that takes a little bit more of your powers away. And it eventually gets to the point to where you don't have any powers at all. You're at like the littlest sliver of health, and you're still fighting this guy. And mm. it, it just was the that boss fight was incredibly well paced, incredibly well done. And when I beat the game, it it was so rewarding. It, it felt good. Um, with the whole boss fight, the story, everything, how it concluded, it felt really well done. And it it was a good good reminder of why I've been. Not necessarily obsessed, but I've been very entranced by this game over the past year. It was it was a beautiful game, and um, everything about it, sans some of the weird pacing issues of the story, were excellent. Yeah, that sounds, and I'm excited to play. It's I have a weird problem with that game because normally I I'm able to rent games, but because it's kind of an obscure, a little more of an obscure Japanese game yeah, at heart. Um, it's harder to find at my local rental shop. It's not at Redbox. It's not particularly cheap yet. It's not a super easy to game to get a hold of, ironically. I actually, I know of a method that we can employ to where you, you can play it um, pretty easily, which I'll tell you after the podcast. The Masuda method. That's what it is. The Masuda method. We each get, you get a, no, never mind. Sorry, I'm not going to push that joke any further. Only mm-hmm. one person out there knows what the, remembers what the Masuda method is. Yeah, I wasn't following, unfortunately. I'm sorry. It was the breeding thing. So there's that Pokemon thing where, like, if you trade oh, a Pokemon with yeah. another country, you can get a I shiny. Thought it something to do with yeah, yeah. Mm, I, yeah. Okay. I thought it had something to do with Pokemon. I was mixing in my head. I was mixing up that and the Nuzlocke challenge. But oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll t- I'll tell you about it later. But yeah, yeah you just should, tried I'll, that once. That's a story for another day. That's right. Another day, another time. Overall, though, um, just to wrap up, I guess, what I have to say about the game. Josh, even though you watch the ending, you need to finish it. Morgan, you need to play it. Fish, I don't think I'll be able to convince you to play this game. I think it's out of your element, but just know it's a great game. And for all the listeners out there, <laughs> um, to be honest with you, it's so, a game so that I can tell my largely... friends, hey, it's a great game. Yeah. Yes, please do. Because this <laughs> okay. game did not sell near as much as it should have. It's such mm. a good game. I, um, I like the idea that we can say it's my game of the year, but I don't think it's your thing, Fish. You know, it's 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 incredible, but Fish, it's just I don't know if it's for you. Number one, though, number no, uh, Fish, it's out of your element. I feel like I'm being <laughs> excluded out of it. I I would love for you to play it, Fish, but I know knowing you, you. I don't think you would be super interested in it. But fair enough. Fair prove enough. me wrong. It's probably I, I a little think, slow burn for you. I, I think I know with Fish is that he would I think he would enjoy it, but I don't if it doesn't hook Fish within the first couple hours, he'll drop it like a, a hot bag of rocks and never touch it again. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. That would, metaphor was particularly yeah, It doesn't really work for Fish. <laughs> he I mean if I'm thinking about things Fish drops, it'd be like what conscious woman? I don't. Um. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> hey, I don't drop those. I pick those up. <laughs> this is getting really weird. <laughs> it's just a bunch Where of uh, strange. Where did you pick them up at, Fish? Yeah, tell me. Huh? 
Didn't think about that one, did you? Uh, no, no, I didn't. That joke's got to go. It's like, oh, damn, go. they have follow-up questions. That joke's got to go. Come on. <laughs> the, the joke should get stronger, Fish, not weaker. As the follow-up questions come in, you need to feed off that fire. Um, you know, I... <sighs> I will definitely play. Like, if anyone tells me it's one of their favorite games of the year, they're number one, I will definitely play it. That's why we have this podcast in my eyes, but it's just hard to get a hold of, but it'll go on sale eventually. So um, I'll get around to it. And, uh, you know, it just got me thinking, though, because I was also playing a lot of Nier. Uh, I have a quick question for you. Fish, what is an android? An android is... Somebody who you could, you could take off their arm and they would still be alive. Okay, real answer. Amped. What is an android? <laughs> an android is a very suspicious person who's trying to get you to make contact with an alien race. What is happening and... right now? What is, what, is, what is happening? Fish, what is an android? <laughs> an android is a subhuman. <sighs> So you don't know. You don't know what an android is. Josh, what is an android? <laughs> it's an artificial human. Okay. Um, the de- you're right, but the definition of it is a little interesting. So I only bring this up because I, Fish, I was trying to set you up to look smarter than me, and I totally did the reverse effect. I've now further smashed Fish into the uh, halls. So I thought, I got it confused. I thought an android and a cyborg were the same thing. So, no. like, because in Nier, there's androids you kill and they bleed all over the place, right? Um, and me and Rich were talking about this last week, the nature of what the androids in Nier actually are. And that's a topic for another day. But I, because they were bleeding and stuff, I was thinking that, like, 2B was, like, part machine, part human. And that's what made it a little more interesting to me until I found out that an android is just a... Basically, it's just a robot that looks very much like a human. That's the definition. It is a machine that looks very much like a human in appearance. That's it. That's it. It's the appearance. It's basically making a machine that looks anatomically like a human. Um, then, then what's a cyborg? I just, I just said it. It's like when it's part machine, part um, organic. Right? Oh, okay. So. Gotcha. These are interesting, fun questions to me, as dumb as they sound. And if you're out there shaking your head, I understand. Um, but they're interesting to me because I did, was unclear on them. And then it like just having the, you know, as I just showed with Fish, he's a grown man. He's 30 something years old. He's very nerdy. He couldn't answer a very simple question about what an hey, android is. I, I know what an android is. You didn't, though. You didn't know. And that's the thing. Oh. But no, well, what would you call the android in Aliens then? An android, right? That's an android. Yes. I was trying to get to that. They're I was androids kind of to... because they're artificial. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the aliens. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about in the movie Aliens. Uh-huh. Yes. The android So what's your in point? There? What's your point? That is an android. Uh, I, was, I, 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 was trying to, I was trying to illustrate that that's an android, and like you could have... I, I, I didn't know that you were looking for a definition of android. I'm sorry. Right. I, I just, I'll let you I, weasel your way out of this one, but I'm not buying it. All right, I'm not buying it's it. It's one of my. I love the way that the alien uh, movies portray androids. I think. Um, but would you, if someone had asked you what an android is, would you have said, "Oh, it's basically a machine that's designed to look very much like a human"? Um, I'd eventually get there. Okay. I think no. So no is the answer. Rudely cuts uh, me <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, blame me. Fine. Um, but. Uh, 
I wasn't trying to give you shit. My point was just that I was also fuzzy on what the actual definition was, but it, I was walking around my existence acting like I knew exactly what it was. And those are like terms like cyborgs, androids, stuff that it's helpful to know with something like Nier because that makes a big deal. Like when I see my, when I see Tui bleeding all over the place, it makes me ask more interesting questions if I know that she's not at all organic. You know what I mean? Like she is just machine, but she's designed in a way that's supposed to emulate human. So there's some fun questions you can ask there. Anyways, I thought that'd be fun. I didn't know it was going to blow up into a weird discussion about androids. But we're learning things, Fish. That's what this is. We're all, we're here to have epiphanies to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like androids. I liked how you pivoted to aliens. Remember the android and aliens, guys? Remember him? Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. It's a good pivot. It's a good pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> Just had milky humans on the brain, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's God, the- I love that fucking milky blood spewing out of them. Yeah, milky blood. And that's really all it is. It's just there for show. Really. It's just there to add a little more um, texture to what is otherwise still just a machine. Anyways, I want to say I had the opposite experience of Shay because I wanted to play more near, but I was done with it. So in my third playthrough, or I should say fourth playthrough, that I've gone started the game again, uh, I got about 60 hours in it. I started doing all the side quests in the world. And th- this is what I would say to anyone who's playing near or played near. They're only really interesting if you find. If you go into like a weird obsession with Nier or you really are fascinated by that game in that world, then they're worth doing. But like as far as side quests go, very basic, like you'll it's like sort of like fetch quest kind of things. But I'll give you a couple quick examples. I was in the forest and I came across this weird uh, machine who was protecting these animals. So you walk up to this fence of animals and you're just looking at them like, oh, why are these animals in this like little farm looking thing? And this machine just comes flying out of nowhere. And he's like, stay the fuck away from my animals. And then he starts fighting you and he's got an animal. Turns out he's like a machine that has rescued um, animals. And he's sort of become fascinated by the, the idea of uh, mending them, like helping them, healing animals. And he was very protective of the animals that I had come across. He thought I was going to hurt them. Um, and it was kind of a very sweet little side quest that spiraled out. There was one where this guy went off to get revenge for a machine that killed one of his friends in the desert. And when you go out there, you, you basically find a machine covered with blood that you have to fight. And it's just implied that obviously this machine was killing people. So there's a lot of little things like that that are cool. It's just the implementation of them is very simple. You know what I mean? Like, is anyone who's done any of the side quests in Nier can attest to? They're pretty you know, for the most part, pretty basic, go here, kill a guy kind of things, but they leave you maybe asking some cool questions. Like it, it's too bad because I know that in the right hands, like the difference between a side quest, like in near and maybe like the Witcher would have been like that quest I went on where that guy was seeking revenge on his first friend. And I went out in the desert and there was this machine covered in blood that had a fight in, in the Witcher three, that would have been amazing. There would have been this really great cutscene. I would have found this really fucked up lair. It would have been like a, a machine with just very detailed, dripping with blood. You'd have probably seen like a dead carcass hanging in there. Yeah, like there would have been a unicorn for some reason. Yes, yes. The unicorn. <laughs> some, yeah, some's a unicorn. Um, and that's just all like production values and time, I would presume. So that kind of stuff bums me out, but I'm still enjoying plundering every little like side there's little really good details too like there's this one side quest where you have to find a music box for somebody and when you do it the music that's playing on the world map changes to sound like it's coming from the music box so it's like you know it'll it's the same melody 
but it now sounds like it's being filtered through that music box for a little while until you go back to there's like there is a lot of cool ideas there in general I'm still obsessed with that game and I'm just trying to get every last scrap out of it. It's like when you've had a great meal, you know, and you're like licking the plate. I'm basically licking the near plate right now. I'm just licking it all up. Every little ragged onion that's on that plate, I'm just slurping it down. Like I'm, I just want to get it all. So, um, but it's been nice to go between that and Fortnite kind of switched up and it's just near still great. Whenever near goes on sale, I'm just excited for you guys to maybe give it another chance. Um, it's just a really, really cool game, and I'm glad I didn't have to put it on my best games of the year list because it would have been really hard to quantify how much I love that game, but it probably would have been number three. Um, but yes, I will push near forever. Forever. Why are you laughing at me, Fish? What's, what's so funny about that? <laughs> just the way you just... It'd probably be at three after saying it was going to be so hard to... No, it wouldn't figure out where it would go on that list. Actually, weirdly enough, it would have been easier. If I had finished near, making my top five lifts would have been a lot faster, I think. Because I was like getting hung mm. up over like my top three, but like near would have just sorted it out, you know? So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my list kind of sorted itself out once I got the top three. I was like, oh, this this is everything's just falling in place pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, if Destiny would have made your list, it really would have sorted itself out a lot faster. Yeah, that's true. It would have been Destiny, 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 Destiny. It's funny that that was a joke at one point, was that your top five is going to be all Destiny, and it ended up being no Destiny. Oh, sadly. Sad day. Mm-hmm. Look what you've done. Look what you've done to fish. Look I can't believe it. Look what you've done. Mm-hmm. I wanted to break him of his habit. I didn't want to break him of his spirit. Those are two different things. And I, I don't think you had anything to do with it. it was, this was all Bungie. This was... Yeah. I, Destiny 2 is still an incredible game. I don't think that's fair to say. You know? Is it so wrong that Bungie wanted you to play a game for a month instead of, like, half your life? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, move on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's partially Morgan's fault and Bungie's fault. I, I'm always copiable in this podcast for taking blame for everything. Um, now, Fish said... You're an evil man. He said to me the other day, Fish was like, I, if I could go back, I might have put Destiny at number five. I don't know what I was thinking, so we we got his head yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. After I kicked uh, kicked Resident Evil to the curb, I figure, oh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have even put that on my list and just put Destiny on there. That's how that's how quickly it happens. I put the seed of doubt in your head, and it grew, and then the the, the plant was so powerful and strong that it just pushed, pushed, pushed push my brains right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that metaphor, but it made sense before I started saying it. <laughs> um, anyways, near Automata. Pretty much wrapping that up. I probably won't be able to talk about it anymore even if I play a little longer because I'm pretty much done with it. Um, I am curious to try that Metal Gear Rise or not Metal Gear Rising, uh, Metal Gear Survive nonsense. Survive, yeah. Um, the beta is out now and that is... Isn't that kind of Fortnite too, basically? From what I understood, it was... Like Metal Gear uh, Solid it, Fortnite? Yeah, essentially. Like, that's what Joshua is talking about, the, the original, or what Fortnite was going to be, was, you know, fighting zombies and building, essentially, fort and a uh, bunch of crafting and um, resource gathering and whatnot. So, yeah, it's interesting. Like, 
way back when they first announced Metal Gear Survive, everybody was just like, oh, what the fuck are they doing? Like, does it look like fun? But now, now after like playing Fortnite, you're like, yeah, maybe, 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 yeah. Josh is not, I don't see maybe on Josh's face. I see more. The the one thing that's going to fix that genre is uh, airlifting your opponents directly out. Just get them out. Yeah. Oh, the fulcrum recovery. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That actually would fix it for me. If that Gee. was the only way to kill people, was to attach balloons to them and have them be you lifted set off a trap. the map. Or you can set mm-hmm. a trap on the map and they just walk over it and just, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. fucking gone. That, yeah. that actually may fix it for me. I mean... You just want to see a zombie float off into That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny because... Bye-bye, zombie. <laughs> I, I think it's funny. Shay might actually like this one, ironically. But um, I, I think it's interesting because di- at first I didn't want this game to succeed because of how Kojima and, and all that shit ended with Konami and how disgusted I was. But now that I've had time to think about it and Kojima's off doing his own cool badass shit, I'm going to try and just appreciate this game for what it is on its own merits. Um, and I think it's hard for people, like, the, I read an article today that was like, uh, fuck, it was like, Metal Gear um, Survive is not the Metal Gear game you expect, or something stupid. I'm like, well, fuck, of course it's not. Like, it's just Metal Gear and name, and nothing else, and if you expect anything else from that, then you're fucking stupid. Because <laughs> it's all it is. They're taking the name of Metal Gear and making a spinoff. So anyone that expects yeah. things that are Metal Gear, other than aesthetic, silly. Silly. Yeah, I almost feel like they should just change the name at this point. Well, like, it, why? You could. They're definitely trying to ride on the, yeah. the success of Metal Gear, and Metal Gear is a very popular name. Um, but everybody knows what the fuck they did to Kojima, and it's like uh, it's like sacrilege yeah. in the video gaming industry, and all the fans are just like, oh, there, fuck you, Konami. There could be a large segment of fans that are more casual than us that don't know about that whole controversy. Um, But yeah, I agree. It's either, on one hand, the Metal Gear name allows it to gain some headway in the sea of of new games like this, right? On the other hand, it's got bad publicity. Because, yeah, so. Yep. Yeah. I am curious about the game, though. Like, I definitely want to try it out and just see. Oh, yeah. Me too. I mean, it's great for us. Like, I always look at it like it's content. Like, if I see anything that looks like something fun to make a show around, I'm relieved. Because um, right now, like, next week, we don't get Monster Hunter until Friday. So, that it doesn't even release until our next show drops. So, um, always helps to have a little extra something to lean on. I was going to say that um, Shay's still gone right now, puking his guts up. So, I was going to say, we did, I did a couple polls. The Overwatch poll I joked about with you guys earlier. Um, they said that they, people were really excited about this esports thing. I did, Josh, have one of our close friends, Firekeeper. She messaged me after I did the poll, and you know, she's one of our Overwatch specialists. Uh, we've had her as a guest host on the podcast a few times. She told me that she liked the way the original competitions were. She said, I, I don't want to like misquote her, but basically in so many words, she said that it's like, um, you have to have like, you have to know like a rich millionaire to to make a team and like back when it first started it was like anybody could make a team or something like that she, she just seemed to really like the original competitions a lot more than now do you have any thoughts on that or does that make sense am i explaining it poorly well now the contracts y- yes ish but um not exactly um 
basically to be in the Overwatch League, you have to buy in to the franchise, just like if it was, you know, the NFL or the NBA, any any sports league like that, where you, mm-hmm. you have to buy into it. Um, so there are 12 teams currently. Um, at which point they can hire whoever they want as long as they're, you know, um, as long as they meet the you know, Blizzard guidelines. Um, well, she said... You know, for like age and whatnot. Um, go so, ahead, go ahead, sorry. Um, which has meant a few different things for the different team owners. Uh, three of them basically just picked up pre-made teams from Korea, as is. Um, one of them, the Chinese team, picked up a bunch of people from China because they wanted that to be the Chinese team. Um, and then all the rest of them have basically picked up people here and there, just whoever they thought was going to be the best for the team. Um, so, well, I mean, you, okay. there's still a way in there. It's just... she Basically what she yeah. said, and I was just reading her email to me, she said, um, I'm glad more people are getting into the pro scene, but the old pro scene had hundreds of teams, multiple kinds of tournaments. Um, the new yeah. teams for Owl, I guess Owl is the cute way they abbreviate Overwatch League, um, are made up of old pieces of old teams. Back in mm-hmm. my day, you didn't have to buy a city or have a quirky billionaire um, to have a team. Yeah, so, well, they haven't stopped any of those other tournaments. All those other tournaments are still going on, but it's just the league is its own thing. Mm-hmm. So, were they? Cause I mean, she from said what that I've been hearing, anyway. Every team up until now has been basically disband and there's only like 12 teams now or something like that so it's just like more um concentrated is that what's going on yeah for now but i mean it's it's gonna be a season just like other sports so any of these other tournaments are just gonna be at different times of the year it's probably what it looks like this is just i mean we'll see we'll see going forward after this first season of overwatch league what exactly they plan to do going forward because that's the only thing scheduled scheduled so far uh, okay well it's interesting i mean it sounds like you are enjoying it i mean it sounds like she is enjoying it but just you know was kind of bummed out that it had changed but i mean i've had a lot of people messaging me that they're really enjoying watching it for me i think i have to know more about like i watch it and i don't really know what's going on i think that's what's tough for me with a lot of esports as opposed to like traditional mm-hmm. sports even though I'm kind of a sports nerd, so I know what's going on with the details. Like, you can turn on a football game if you're a casual fan and for the most part enjoy it. But if I put on an Overwatch game, for most people, yeah. I think they'd be kind of lost, you know? I mean, Higher, to an extent. Well, to an extent, yeah. Because there's just so much more to understand immediately going yeah. into that. Uh-huh. Because you're going to end up playing some of those games just growing up. Um, sports as far as that goes but your chances to get exposed to Overwatch are much more limited than that any game yes, like that yes. Starcraft any you know League well, that's of Legends what I'm saying. Knowing the if, rules, you, if you don't play the game it. yeah yeah yeah, yeah if, if you don't play the game it's not like you're just gonna kinda you don't stumble across it is mm-hmm. you know yeah how it but is but now ironically so. something like Fortnite if it has 40 million downloads that's like some of the best NFL games will get like 30 million viewers on it in the playoffs. So we're talking about like more people being familiar with something like Fortnite if it became an esport, which I'm sure it will. Um, and that is interesting when you think about it in that context. Never gonna be on the level, like you said, Josh. That's I think that's a good yeah. point. When you're a kid, 
every year you grow up, you'll you'll know what baseball is and football and soccer. Everyone does. It's beaten, in, so everyone knows them. But um, video games yeah. are kind of a weird. And especially well, if there's multiple people to watch, right? Because it's got to jump around the different camera views. Like in football, it's just one view that shows everything. Yeah. Well, y- yes, that's that's another big thing with a bunch of games. Uh, I mean, one of the reasons I think RTSs did so well to begin with was because it's easy to look at overhead and tell what's going on. Um, whereas shooters have always had that issue where... What what do you look at? What do you what are you supposed to show if you're Yeah. Um there, there's so much action going mm-hmm. on that it it's hard to follow it and mm-hmm. especially when you're casting that stuff live, like yeah. whoever's behind the scenes switching between the characters trying to get the, the most, you know, exciting thing for the exci- for the audience to yes. see. Like that's something real tough to to Ooh. kind of cast on. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and because the, from, the action's so quick. Yeah, from what I've been seeing that's the thing that Blizzard's been working on the most for Overwatch League is just all their new spectating tools in order to make it to make it watchable because there's just so much going on that to even tell what's going on, they've put a ton of effort into it that so far has play, played off a bunch. They've done a lot of things that other games, I mean, simple things that no one's just, no one's ever done it. Uh, stuff like making team skins for all the different teams. Yeah. Um, color coding all of the ability effects so you can immediately tell which team something is, you know, something's being cast instead of having just the default color. You can tell who cast something, uh, you know, and it just makes everything more readable. Um, so they've done a lot of stuff like that just to make it something that you can watch. And I mean, the big, the big part of that that's, um, it's kind of proved that to me. Uh, was my wife has not watched any Overwatch. She doesn't play or anything like that. Yeah. But she's been really enjoying watching the first couple weeks here of Overwatch. Really? League. Huh. Um, yeah, and yeah, just no idea what was going on coming into it, and she's been able to pick up on it. So apparently Blizzard's been doing a at least at least a good enough job to get a few people to be able to pick up on what's what's happening there, which is more than a lot of people can say for their you know their attempts at hopping into esports so maybe one day espn i'm going to turn on espn and it's going to be you know scott van pelt talking about the overwatch championships that would be a cool day i think but we're probably a long ways away from that um yeah well i don't know i mean from everything i've been seeing their numbers are already better than professional hockey um (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, that's which probably, is not saying much surprising. but that is on espn so that's not to i rag mean on hockey that's just sad <laughs> it w- um, yes it is sad but yeah. you know maybe espn one day um, be like you know maybe we should drop this hockey see the thing that reason <laughs> like espn even keeps hockey well eventually they're like, gonna have to because there's gonna be no ice left on earth well it's manufactured ice so. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it was not profitable, there's just things like hockey that have been around for so long that I think they're just mm-hmm. afraid to cut it. Yeah. So. Well, that and like we said before, I've never pl- well, I'm sure I played street hockey at some point, but it's mm-hmm. not even But still, I could turn on a game of hockey and tell more or less what's happening. So, I mean, like you're saying, it's just it's just that that built-in knowledge yes. coming into it. That's so. one of the that's one of the things I heard with Colin. So, I I do listen to a lot of sports radio. Me and Shay used to have some fun debates about 
um, soccer or football, as it's called internationally. And Mm -hmm. it's a sport that I grew to appreciate after watching the World Cup. But the thing with football is that... to me, it didn't translate as well to television in America, and that's why it has never quite taken off, because the mm-hmm. NFL is something that is so broken down with replays and just how it looks with the two warriors clashing, whereas soccer is very much like it's like a huge field. It just it looks like people are randomly kicking the ball everywhere. You don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's not a... It's not as uh, I think the reason it hasn't caught on in America is because the TV product is not as strong here and that's I'm not saying Americans are like yeah. ADD or they. I'm just saying, well, as a product, I think part of it is that you kind of. I think you need a little bit more knowledge to know what the hell's happening in soccer, um, because I mean, obviously, goals. Everyone understands that. You see the ball go in there. Okay, I know that part. But as far as the strategies behind it and all that, like you're saying. A lot of it is people kicking the ball around the middle of the field, nothing apparently happening mm-hmm. if you don't know what to look for. Um, whereas football, it's fairly obvious what's happening at all times. Yeah. Um, so the, new, the yeah. nuances. It's funny that Shay's still puking because he has no idea we're talking about soccer right now. He was, he totally, he's totally missing out. Um, um, and uh, I don't know if he can even hear me or not, but... Mm-hmm. Um, he gave me the finger. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's more of a product of just how our culture kind of presents these things more than the TV itself. Because I've had friends when I was in Australia ask me, well, how does American football work? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And that's because they didn't grow up with it. I mean, those things are taught to us at an early age from our peers from television from our coaches from our teachers so it's kind of ingrained in us that american football is the standard because of society or those rules are easily accessible to us because of that um the standard in our society whereas if you are to go over to somewhere where soccer or football whatever you want to call it is the predominant sport they're going to understand the nuances of that in half to two-thirds of Americans are not going to understand it. It's yeah. the same way with rugby. When I've sat down to watch rugby, I'm, I'm fucking, I was bored because I, I, I didn't know what's going on. And the rugby seems interesting, but I just don't know. Then when someone sat down and yeah. explained it to me, same with uh, Australian football, they're super interesting. There's all the, there are all these layers and it, it gets so much more, I guess, uh, it gets more energetic and more, you get more into it if you go see it live. Because I've tried watching Australian Football League or AFL on TV, and uh, I, I can't watch more than 10 minutes of it. But when I was in Australia and I sat down and watched a game, I was super into it. I had my one of my friends explaining to me exactly what's going on. There are people in the crowd yelling at each other, being like, fuck you, cunt. And I was like, man, this <laughs> that is That was Shay. Awesome. That was Shay saying that, human. actually. Yeah. No, I know, man. I was sitting yeah, there but... watching, <laughs> laughing, because it's Shay was the cunt. But... Shay was the cunt that uh, they were yeah, saying, fuck that is That is true. <laughs> I'm always the cunt. That's why he heard it so many times. Every time he went to one of those games, it's It's true. It's weird. Constantly. Yeah, "Yeah, whoever that guy (laughs) is. I never, until the last game, I never put it together. But yeah, I just think it's more ingrained in our society. It's like how um, South Korea, for a long time, 
were they were the biggest proponents of StarCraft because that was kind of something society driven. Therefore, yes, like yes. if if we're to sit down sans Josh and try and play that, we'll we'll have some fun with it, but we don't understand the finer minutia. Whereas someone from South Korea will be like, here's what you want to do here, here's why you want to do it, but they're gonna say it in uh their language, obviously not like English, but um they're gonna sit down and explain all those finer details to you. I I, I agree. I agree with you 100%. I would just say, all I was trying to say is I think if you took one person who didn't know anything about soccer and they didn't know anything about football and you just showed them the product, they would say, oh, football looks like this elegant clash of battles where soccer looks just like, you know, nothing. So I think that... And I, I can't respectfully agree with that entirely because, like, there, there's a lot more power. There's a lot more force going on as you're tackling people, as you're being tackled. But soccer is much more about endurance and being able to. I, I don't know. If there's a 200 the pound for 90 minutes. If you had a 200 pound push, 200 pound guy pushing against you for three hours in the dirt while you're trying to protect your quarterback, that's pretty. I mean, a for 45 seconds. I think every football game yeah, lasts about say. 45 it's, seconds. Yeah, it takes three hours, but the game lasts about 45 seconds. Well, that's that's not what I was saying. But um, <laughs> what, anyways, what I what I was gonna say is that's more about like that's about power and mm. that's about strength because they're quick bursts. That's like when you activate mm. your muscles, that's power and that's strength. Whereas, um, being able to run on a pitch and run and run and run is more endurance. But I mean, that's splitting hairs. I don't I don't care to split hairs. Uh, whoever likes whatever. I think all of this goes to prove, all this goes to prove why NASCAR is America's favorite sport. Everyone can, everyone in America has the brain cells to understand turning left. Mm -hmm. Just barely, but everyone Although if you talk to somebody that likes NASCAR, they'll tell you about the pit crews, not faster than pit crews, be changing their tires and the aerodynamics and make sure they got that team, that team got that new guy from the other pit crew, get them right back out there, and they got that Mm few between these two drivers and red, red, red. There's all sorts of weird shit. Yep. I they are they are super into the spring rate of those outside <laughs> yeah. outside shocks. Spring rate of the outside shock right there. Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. Um so anyways, moving onward from that, I wanted to say that um I did a poll for fun on the Instagram page, so thank you for everyone that playfully jumped in as well on that. I did another poll that had to do with kissing. Me and my girlfriend got into a big debate about whether kissing is useful if you're not going to have sex. So I put that to the Instagram community and I said, look. Do you still enjoy kissing if it's not going to lead to sex? And I want to thank the 30% of you that voted no, but it did lose to 70% of people that said yes. I enjoy kissing, even if it doesn't lead to sex. So I guess people just like getting blue balls because uh, I just, you know, to each their own. It's called foreplay for a reason. It comes before hey. the play. You take away the play. What are you doing? What are you doing? It it all depends on what. Mm, I don't really want to get into this. It's not even. <laughs> Let, video let's game bring related. in our Tinder extraordinaire, Shay Layton. He's kissed more women than all of us combined. How you doing, Shay? I guess. <laughs> like, uh, no, it, it all depends. <laughs> I guess it really all depends on um, what meaning you attach to what you're doing with your significant other. I mean, yeah. if if kissing is just a gateway to something else, then sure. Uh, 
I guess you should only do whatever you're going to do if it's going to lead to something, but other people attach meaning to it. Um, just, just to show like a level of familiarity or closeness. And that doesn't always need to be, um, shown by having sex. Wait till you're married, Shay. You just get sick of it. I've been kissing her for five years. If it's, if it's not leading to sex, I don't, you know, how much more meaning do you need? I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to wait till you get married, too. <laughs> oh, man, I've... I've been married. Now, Morgan, you really don't get an excuse. I've been yeah, married, I'm basically married. never going to get old. I, I... You're not basically married. Basically married <sighs> is being engaged. Uh, I've been together with my girlfriend longer than Fish was before he got married, so... It, marriage is, is important, and I value I'm just saying... It's, I don't think you can place a, a time element that's to saying. quantify that's or qualitatively describe love. I, yes, sure, I agree with that. Um, and I guess most of this I just say in, in jest because I don't think kissing is somehow bad. I, I, you know, of course, kissing is sweet. It's intimate. It, it means a lot more to my girlfriend than it does to me. It's important to her. Um, to me, even if it means a lot mm-hmm. to me. You know, if it's not going where I'd like it to go, it's just, it's, here, I got a better way of saying it, and then we can move on. Kissing is kind of messy, right? It's kind of sloppy, it's wet, it's a little messy, and I, I'm kind of a... You don't like that? Uh, I like During that. sex, I love it, because you're just all yeah, sweaty. Yeah, when, when fucking, I was in high school, that's like, how, how those things went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, right? just, we just need to pay for you to have a tutor or something, because it seems like... It's, it seems like there's some user error going on here. Yeah. You know what it's I mean. True. I'm just saying it's like, it could be a weird thing for me where I just don't want to get all... Your poor girlfriend is getting sloppy firsts because you don't even know how to kiss. I, <laughs> I, well, I'll tell you this. I'm sure when I was younger, I did not, but I, I was kissing myself a solid kisser, but only because I have mm-hmm. a... That's I'm why poor. he grew the beard, just to keep the drool from getting all the way down his neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was telling him. I'm like, why do you want to kiss true. me? I have a big, fuzzy beard on my head. That doesn't seem fun to kiss. But I don't know. To each their own, so. Um, let, me ask, let me ask a serious question, and I'm not trying to be disgusting with it. I promise. Darn it. Do I you like ever... Well, I, I don't mean it as this, I promise. Do you ever give your daughters, like, a kiss? Like, not necessarily on the lips, but just in general, like, you kiss their forehead uh, or you kiss the for, top of their head? For me, with my daughters and my wife, my affectionate kisses are generally, like, a kiss to the, the cheek or the head or something. Um, like the temple, like a soft, like, uh, for me, my affectionate kisses are that, and my sexual kisses are on the mouth. But if I just, I can't just sit there and peck. Why? Because, like, for me, it's more of a sweet thing. Like, if, but if I can't, I just saying for me, if I give my wife a hug and I kiss her softly on the cheek, for me, that's my way of showing a love kind of thing. But like if we're having sex and it's like passionate and we're just like, no, that's when I like to, to do more kissing. But and pecking too, a sweet peck on the on the on the lips. You what, know what I mean? So why is there why is that distinction there for you? Why like why does why does where you kiss a human being determine your motive? Because above the belt. Above, yes, above the belt. Because um, <laughs> uh, one of them just feels, I associate it with sweetness, and one of them I just associate it with lust. Exactly. So, so it's like completely a choice. 
And that's kind of yes. my point here is yeah. your, your, your girlfriend, not your wife, because you're not married, um, associates <laughs> making out with both sex and affection, whereas mm-hmm. clearly you don't. So, I mean, you can't really be mad at her because that's, that's how she, like, it's, it's how she feels. Definitely and... not mad. No, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely yeah. not mad at her. I just thought it was interesting when we, because when that happens, it becomes like, I will do it to appease her. And then she kind of gets upset that I'm just doing it to make her happy instead of not really wanting to do it. And that's part of being married. You'll married. You'll do things are almost married. Shay's going to correct me. And you, in a, well, in a long-term relationship, you'll end up doing things just to make them happy because you love them. But in your heart, you don't really want to do it. And when they know that sometimes they get upset by it. And then you're like, well, I'm doing it because I yeah. love you. Don't complain because I'm not completely in it. You know what I mean? So, and then that's, yeah. Well, that's a slippery slope, and that's a whole other conversation we can have another time. Uh, oh, about slippery slopes? Possible. Yeah. That's, our, that's my next poll, yeah. slippery slopes. Slippery slopes. Um, but mm-hmm. that's, that's Butter such a weird, or lard? Like, <laughs> fish likes butter. Yeah. Olive oil. <laughs> I, How do you I don't slipper understand your slopes? The... <laughs> that really should be a poll. <laughs> I don't understand... The need to get frustrated at people when you ask them to do something because it would make you happier, even though you know it won't make them happier. And then when they're not as happy as you ideally would like them in your mind, you get mad at them. And that is just a relationship and a friendship issue in general. And I, you know, I guess, I guess your best option really is if you're going to do these things you have to fake it until you make it because yeah. no, yeah. that's exactly there's, right. There's if you, that. I, like, yeah. If you Cause genuinely... that's a big thing. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, I'm, I'm just, yeah. Yes. If, if you're not into something and you agree to do it and then you're a fucking asshole about it the entire time, you're not really agreeing to do it. You're just being passive aggressive about not exactly. doing it. So, I mean, that's... Right. No, you're right. It's not yeah. like, yeah, it's not like I'm like, oh, fine. And I, just, I know, because that's, yeah. That's, it, yeah. I have yeah. issues with that, the, too. The thing, too, so. with with the fake it till you make it thing, I mean, you could end up liking it if you go through the motions of, you know, making out with her but not having sex. Maybe you grow to eventually like it. Maybe you don't, and that's fine. But if you fake it till you make it, at least she feels loved. And you don't have to do the, that with everything problem. in your life, obviously. But the the flip side of that, like either you do that, you fake it till you make it, or you just let her know, hey, I can appreciate that. I, fake it. I, I empathize with that. I'm sorry I can't do that. Um, well that's that's Fish's wife's motto. She likes to make it until she has to fake it. So it's just backwards. Um, but you know, I would I will say this. Hold up, that's not true. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, I'll say this: we can. I'm not going to let you get away with that, Morgan. No, I'll say this, and we can move on. Um, the problem with me as I get older is that and you guys know this is I'm just getting harder for me to just fake things in life. I just would rather tell people how I feel about it, and that causes me problems. But um, I'm always polite about it. That's for sure. So, yeah, I'm a big believer in compromise, but. When those things come up, I had you, to ask the community because I just thought it was weird. Interested. 
Yes. And life is, it's a weird, long-term monogamous relationships are a weird thing. In fact, that's a nice segue to our next conversation. Yes, 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 that's right. I, um, so briefly here before our bio break, I was joking with you guys about that this week. I ended up stumbling across like some old Heavy Rain DLC because I was watching a lot of Mindhunter. So there's this show on Netflix uh, that Shay has been like ragging on me to watch for a long time called Mindhunter. And it's basically about the creation of the criminal sciences um, department in the FBI. Like, this is, like, before they even had the term serial killer. Like, the first time in the show he uses the term serial killer, they're like, what? Is this a new terminology? And, like, serial killer is a term we use now every day. That was actually a term they created to describe people with to do multiple murders. Anyways, it's an incredible show. Uh, I've... I watched it in like two days. I watched ten episodes in like two days. I could not stop watching it. Um, it's a great show. Fantastic, but it got me thinking because there was this quote, and this is how I go down the downward spiral of things. Where one of his detectives, they're driving around, they're talking about this murder, and the guy was married. And the one detective's like, "When you're married, it's a contract. There's children, a mortgage, a house to keep up, almost like a business. Only it can't quit." She can't fire you. Stock goes up, stock goes down. Doesn't matter. You're trapped. Unless you want to bring on the lawyers and open up Pandora's box. Resentment builds on both sides. A thousand tiny cuts. I'm like, God damn. Everyone's so bleak about marriage. And I'm just, like, everyone, it seems like there's this, like, I'm always fascinated by people who are very bleak about marriage. And it got me thinking when I was doing the poll. Now, I'm not. I mean, I, I, I love you know, my, my girlfriend very much, and I've been married before, but these are universal things that people deal with that I think are really interesting. Like when you're getting married to someone, you are in essence saying, we are going to share the rest of our one life together. I'm picking this human being to share the rest of my one life with, and that's my final decision. Boom. Uh, Of course there's People get divorced and stuff like that. It is possible, but it gets real messy. And I know that you're thinking, what does that have to do with Mindhunter? I don't know. That quote stuck out with me. I wanted to tell you guys. I wanted to bring it up. Just something to think about. You don't have to reflect on it. I don't want to depress you if you're... Yeah. yeah. The one thing I will say about the show that I absolutely <laughs> love, and this actually segues really well into one of the games we missed talking about, is that Mindhunter, that show does such a good job of making the viewer think about perspective. Um, I, don't, I really don't want to spoil anything, but the main character, Holden, um, he kind of has this on-again, off-again relationship with um, one of the female main leads in that show. And it yeah. it kind of culminates into this very, very interesting thing that happens. And when you go back and watch that show a second time and you see all these things that holding Holden is seeing through his eyes, the first time it seems like so concrete almost. But then you watch it again and you're like, well, am, is this really what's happening or am I viewing this through Holden's eyes? Am I thinking about this the way Holden would think about it? Because you spend 10 episodes of this very intense, gritty show peering into the mind of 
this detective and the way he thinks about things. And it's not black and white. It's never black and white with this guy. It's very, it's like such a good bordering of the gray area. And well, and yet he's so really, fascinated no. by, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, finish, please. I was going to say, ahead. he's the character of Holden, he's so fascinated by, because, you know, whether it's a game like Heavy Rain or whatever drama you're into, they, they, it's all like the main character and how they respond to their environment and their depth is usually what's interesting to me. And in this case, he is so fascinated by serial killers. Nobody else would do it like him because he doesn't have any sort of weird ability. He's not like Monk. Some sort of weird like crime solving ability. Remember that show Monk where he was like a weird, he had like a weird... OCD yes. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. His yeah, superpower like was OCD. Like yeah. Superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like everyone wants to take an angle like that. His angle is just, he is so fascinated by finding out how these people tick that the more he learns about them, the better he can help solve crimes. And it's just, it's, it's, I, I, I was relating to his obsession. He was obsessed with getting in a room and interviewing these disgusting, there's a guy in there, fish. That chopped off women's heads and then had sex with their necks. That's a that's a oh, yeah. real thing. That's a real story. It was based off a real. I didn't know that the yeah. show was actually based off real events. That was when I really went down a dark hole. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck." No, I, yeah. I've watched like the first five episodes of that show. I haven't finished. Oh, it you yet, seen it? Oh, yeah, okay. I know who you're talking oh, about. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, that actor does a great job of portraying uh, a serial killer inside of like a prison setting and. Yeah, I definitely like the way that show is like going into like um like Shay was saying seeing the different perspectives of these people. Um but yeah, it's 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 really fascinating show. Oh, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's incredible. And I, it made me want to play Heavy Rain, which is I only say one thing about this and we can move on cuz I mean, there's not a lot to say about it. There is actually DLC for Heavy Rain. I had no idea that existed. It's called The Taxidermist. It is about a murderer that catches women, kills them, and then stuffs them. Like you would stuff Stuffs them into a taxi. It's, it's, the biggest bummer was that they gave the entire plot away in the name of the game. I knew exactly what I was going to find. Women that were stuffed, right? Because it was called the taxidermist. So it kind of sucked all the uh, drama out of it uh, for me. Um, but... Uh, uh, we need to... Our our first first little bit of money needs to go towards a speech therapist for you. What what did what? I say? What did I say? Taxidermist. What yeah, what did you think taxidermist. I said? Taxidermist. What did you think I said? You said taxidermist. Yeah, taxidermist. Both times. Taxidermist. It's the same goddamn Okay, now you're just getting into the you're just trying to be picky. God. Between a you taxidermist. and taxidermist. Eh. T- e. Eh. Between you and Shay, just restricting uh, uh, my words, I just can't, I might as well just... No, I just, I've had the picture of some serial killer skinning taxis the entire time we were talking about oh, that. I, I added the opposite. He's skinning women and making taxis out of Ma- the skinned women. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so or he's men. putting like one of those, you know, car bras on the taxis, but it's made out of human flesh. <laughs> oh, God. What have I done? <laughs> oh, man. Um, we really went down the, the dark the, hole. <laughs> that's what i was hoping i was like maybe if i bring up mindhunter we'll go down a dark hole i will just say that i, I, I and after playing this heavy rain dlc i'm like maybe i wonder if i'd have been less kind to heavy rain i mean it's very much a product of its time so i don't like the backward like judge games 
revisionist history that just seems unfair because I know we all loved it. But like the like walking around was so fucking annoying when I was playing the DLC, like just controlling the character. And there was like a scene at the end where he comes home and you have to like respond to things. And I ended up dying because the game doesn't tell you what to do. I'm just like trying to fight these awkward controls. The screen splits. You you see a camera showing him walking upstairs while you're walking around trying not to make noise. I'm fighting these awful controls. All of a sudden, these button presses are coming on the screen. I get gutted. I'm dead. The, the demo's over. Or it wasn't a demo. It was the DLC. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll live with that consequence. But like, I I hope, I don't know. It just, it was not an um, enjoyable experience. I'm like, man, I might have been nicer to this game than I should have been back at the time. But I... Yeah, I, I do remember it being mm. pretty ahead of its time at the time, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, so. I mean, yeah, I still have vivid memories of brushing my teeth in that game. Yeah, to, and, to soft and, piano I mean, No music. one else had the courage to, to let you brush your teeth in a video game. No. Until, until that came out, and yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It just, if, if he didn't do that, I, 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 I don't even know where video games would be right now. Fuck. Uh, wouldn't be brushing teeth, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, it's true. Like, right in that game, I started the beginning of the game just for fun, and, like, there was a soft piano melody and, like, little squares of him laying on his bed, na- kind of almost naked, sleeping. And I was like, oh, I remember how artistic this game was and how much I loved it, but I have no desire to, to play it again. It doesn't look... Remember at the time, Heavy Rain looked so fucking good, we couldn't believe it. We're like, this game looks fucking incredible. It's like an 11 out of 10. And now I played it, I'm like, ah, eh, didn't... Uh, doesn't look that great, so. Time. Time is a cruel mistress. No one escapes Father Time. Anyways, that's why I ended up playing the DLC, just to see what it was like. Huh. What are you hawing? That time... explains those pictures I've seen. No one escapes Father Time, or Time is a cruel mistress? No, both of those. Okay, okay. It's both. It yeah. does. Yeah. Um, he's a father. Explains and... where those pictures came from. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it did remind me a lot of one of the storylines from Mindhunter where a guy was murdering women and, and getting off on their shoes. So that was a whole weird thing. Um, anyways, The Taxidermist, it's out there. If you never heard of it, I didn't. And I wanted to see what it was all about. So uh, moving on, the, uh, the bio break. And then I wanted to talk about Hellblade with Shay as we kind of wrap up the show. And then we have a really cool email. Um, the bio break, it was one that Shay grabbed this week that... Um, as musicians, it sounded appealing to us. We, I'm reading it right here from silencedaily.com, although it's probably at a few other places. And the headline is, Miles Davis is not Mozart. The brains of jazz and classical pianists work differently, even when playing the same piece of music. And the summary is just, a musician's brain is different to that of a non-musician. Making music requires an interplay of abilities which are also reflected in more developed brain structures. Scientists have discovered that these capabilities are embedded in a much more finely tuned way than we assumed. The brain activity of jazz pianists differs from those of classical pianists, even when playing the same piece of music. So, Shay, as I throw it to you, I'm, I'm trying to find out why this is interesting to you, because when I read this, I just hear musicians have different brains. And it's like, well, duh, that's of course they do. That's what makes music great. So when you saw this article, what jumped out to you as being interesting? The word jazz. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> to be honest with you, I saw the word jazz God and I was damn like, "Damn it, I'm in." Uh, whatever like it is, I... no. Um, <laughs> it it really is the reason why oh. I got hooked into it. But basically, what this what this article is showing is that uh, there is a trend that they observed with these 
they they only tested it on a few musicians. I believe there were 30 professional pianists. Half of them were jazz musicians and half of them were classically trained. So take mm-hmm. take that as it is. I mean, that is a small sample size. But what the trend that they found was that these jazz pianists will replan earlier, which essentially means um, the way I'm reading it is that they will be able to improvise and retool what they need to do earlier on. So if they're reading a sheet of music, they can, you know, they're playing it and they look and they got it down a little bit sooner. And, you know, if the time comes where they can, you know, embellish and do their own thing, it's easier for them. It comes more naturally for them. And it's actually, it's cool because they have these two little graphs that show this trend over time. And it's such an easy graph to read showing um, the trends that they observed. So it's cool in the sense that um, for me, and of course you, Morgan, um, and you too, Josh, even, and I'm sure Fish to some degree too, anyone who plays an instrument, it's, you know, it's interesting and difficult to learn different styles of music. And sometimes it's, more difficult for much more difficult for our brains to wrap um our minds around a certain style whether if morgan wanted to play some samba music or if i wanted to play some type of blues etc etc and granted this is only a trend at this point i believe it's interesting to see that there is some there you know there's some science behind it that basically our brains are naturally or um, can be trained to have a certain good quality, or not quality, a better uh, ability to play certain styles of music. And I I think that's kind of intuitive. It's just cool to see the science behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember a funny story whenever I took guitar lessons when I was younger. Um, I was kind of a compliment, kind of a slap in the face. My uh, guitar teacher at the time was like, I we used to do a lot of improv sessions, and he was like, man, you can improv actually better than a lot of my jazz students. You'd be a great jazz musician, except that you hate jazz and you have terrible taste in music. And I was like, well, you know what? Fuck you, Larry. And uh, that was because <laughs> we he at the time I was really into like, you know, like drudgy new metal and he was like more classically trained in jazz. But like, I've always been more into like improvision, like me and Shay would play a lot where we would just spiral out into weird direction because i i love just that sort of hair it's a lot of what we do on the podcast we have notes and ideas that i use to keep like us in line but in general it's all conversation and provision in a way so it's very free form yeah mm-hmm. yeah um so it's like yeah structured free form and and that's the same anyway anyways when i read this it's interesting to me because uh yeah anything that with the idea of music and how musicians create music is very interesting to me um, and there's a lot of, like, I really, on the opposite side of the spectrum, someone I love in music is Trent Reznor. He's does Nine Inch Nails. His music feels very, like, calculated and, like, programmed and mechanical and, uh, like, it works out every little detail on a computer. And he's a genius, but it's the exact opposite of, like, someone who's, like, freestyling, like a, like a jazz artist. So, yeah, and, like, and that's what you're saying, like, our brains... Working and and to this point of this article, whenever I used to play my younger, my mom was very involved in like the churches and stuff, and she'd always drag me along. And I used to play with a lot of classical pianists at these churches, and they were all very like they were incredible musicians, but they were very like by the books. 
Like, this is what I play. This is what I do. But like the idea of like um, writing a song out of the blue or just improvising something was like shocking to them. You know what I mean? It was like, it just, it just didn't coagulate with the, oh, that's the wrong word. Um, it, it didn't, it didn't jive with, <laughs> I, I don't know where coagulate, <laughs> I just didn't, it didn't jive with them. So, um, it is interesting. And that's something I try to do a lot with the videos I put up on Instagram. Like the last video I did in particular, everything I do mm-hmm. is basically just improvision till I get to the point where I like it, record it and then stop. To the point where sometimes yep. I can't even remember it. If I didn't record myself and watch myself, I would not remember what the fuck I did. That's not how my brain works. So, yeah, that's why you will see so much coagula up there. Yeah, and uh-huh. when you uh-huh. know, yeah, scrolling through that. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how stupid I want to make myself look right now. So I'm just gonna back away carefully. No, I'm gonna use Fish's tactic, guys. Uh, aliens, the mem- the movie Aliens. Don't you remember the android guys? Come on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> work for him. <laughs> it's just he's a cute Asian. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. Mm. Um. Anyways, he's endearing. Endearing. Um. So we got a pretty awesome email. I wanted to read here, uh, from a listener about our game of the year podcast. And it reads the following. This is from, I'm going to have to get the name here in a second because you guys didn't send it to me. I apologize. Um, Subject, game of the year, message. Been chatting with Morgan about your game of the year choices and I felt the need to chime in. It's got to be Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which by the way was our listener, game of the year. That game will be talked about for the next 10 years. It changed what we expect from open world games. People are going to expect that level of polish now. Cuphead is quite an achievement, but would you still call it Game of the Year if it was made by Ubisoft or EA? Sometimes we disregard the polish of a AAA game. Now, I'm over 200 hours into Breath of the Wild, and I have enjoyed just about every minute of it. Just my two cents. Keep up the good work. And um, that was sent in from Chris Snap, so thank you, Chris. Um, <laughs> anyways, I, I, I response to that as well, uh, but I would like to hear you guys' thoughts on that first. Now, obviously this is just a fun, playful email. It wasn't like combative or anything like that. It was just like, Hey, this is my case for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, now Josh and Fish, your response might be a little more understood because it was both of your game of the year, but I will allow everyone to retort. Um, I, I just want to retort, I guess, on the, the open world stuff. Um, retort away. I guess. I just what? said retort away. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I'm let's, retorting. Let's keep retorting. Uh, well, the open world in Zelda, uh, he, he brings up a good point. Like, like I, I would really like more open world games to have just be filled with so many different stuff to do like in zelda like you could look at a hill and be like there, there's something different going on there there's like a pinwheel on top of a stump and you mosey on up there and you sure enough it's one of those korok seed challenges where you're shooting balloons out of the sky i mean that part of the open world just feel it just feels real dense with different activities that are constantly engaging with you whereas like uh older open world games there was just barren land that you were just trudging through, and I, I think that's something that needs to be 
taken out of these games nowadays is that barrenness of non-engagement where you're just walking through essentially just walking through uh you know a video game world um okay and in a way it like it loses some of its um uh i don't know what's the word i'm looking for but it yeah i i I agree with him on that like that's something that should definitely be uh taken into consideration by different developers out there uh, making open world games um but as far as like yeah being top game of the year like yeah it was my top game of the year so like i can't, there's nothing really more i can say on that okay um josh would you like to say something before i uh um not really i feel like fish hit most of those um yeah yeah i mean i just i loved my time i'm still playing zelda Still going through the uh, all the extra DLC, playing through on hard and mm-hmm. trying to rebeat or trying trying to beat all the DLC that just came out in November or or December. I can't remember exactly when it came out. It's been so packed through the holidays here. Um, I think it was the beginning of December. Um, yeah, there's there's so much to do in that game. Like it's it's just it's paced so well that I find myself just picking it up playing a few minutes fairly regularly still and it's been almost a year at this point and i'm still just picking it up playing a little bit um and it just it, mm-hmm. it gets that so well i um yeah and i mean i know you guys loved it and it was honestly universally loved i guess the way i was responding to him when i was talking to him was just for me um we sure we ended up kind of tallying up the votes and Cuphead was sort of our universal winner. But the case I would make, I'm more about making the case for Cuphead and less about dragging Zelda mm-hmm. down because I think Zelda is incredible. It made my list. Um, I do think it's an achievement. On one hand, yeah, I like Fish was saying, you always see something in the distance that catches your eye and you want to check it out. Doesn't always pan out into something interesting, but and at least that is kind of what made it fizzle a little for me. But in general, for most of my time, I agree with that. You're constantly just wanting to see what's around the next bend. Um, but with something like Cuphead, look at Zelda. It is an established franchise from Nintendo. They, they were working on it for such a long time, there wasn't even a Wii U Zelda game. So it's an established franchise. Um, on top of that, Cuphead is coming from an unknown developer. Now, that doesn't mean, oh, they're an unknown developer. We need to give them more pre- credit. It just means it's kind of a, a, a braver swing, I think. You know what I mean? Um, even some of the, the Zelda games that didn't hit, like Skyward Sword, were still critical and commercial successes. Whereas Cuphead was trying to do something brave and new. And the art direction, as, in the same way people talk about um, Zelda 10 years from now, about the open world, how it changed open world games probably for the better. I think that people will talk about the at least the art direction in Cuphead as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it'll still still hold up because I think stylistically, games that are trying something different instead of just trying to be pretty, you just you know high pixel you know high polygon count and stuff. Yeah, they just they hold up so much better. As I've been, um, I just bought the. Um, Okami HD remake, mm, whenever yeah, that yeah, came yeah. out, and I've been playing back through that, and it still looks so good. Yeah, it does. Um, 
it looks it just looks gorgeous and they really they didn't change much they just stuck a 3d camera and a you know a hd camera in there um let you play through essentially just the same game yeah. and it still looks gorgeous and an art direction can overpower yeah. Technically, like Heavy Rain, I just talked about that with you guys earlier. That game was technically stunning when it came out, but because it doesn't have a very specific art direction, it has not aged as well as a lot yeah. of other games. Mm hmm. Y yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one of the things that bums me out about Nier. Some of that game is really beautiful, but I don't think it's going to age as well as something like maybe Gravity Rush that has a very distinctive um, uh, art style to it. So I'm. Art direction yeah. for me is huge. And Zelda, Breath of the Wild, to its credit, it, it would have been my runner-up in the art direction category. I mean, Cuphead won by a landslide, but, I mean, the art direction in Breath of the Wild is sort of what they want to do with Skyward Sword. It is yeah. extension of Wind Waker, but maybe not as extreme. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, just adding that whole... It, it almost looks like an oil painting. Um, I mean, not, not as extreme as they went with Skyward Sword. Yeah, yeah. But then again, they didn't have the resolution to really make that look as good as it needed to um but yeah yeah it's, it's, it's gorgeous and so. if you want to hear us gush about breath of the wild chris if you go back and listen to a couple of the shows we did before game of the year we talked a lot of breath of the wild so you don't want to miss that if that was your personal favorite game of the year um so yeah it's it's fun and you know i'm, I'm glad if nothing else our pick was a little different out there just because breath of the wild is pretty much game of the year everywhere so you know us, we're just trying to be different, trying to stick out, blah, blah, <laughs> those Tomcast guys. Um, but no, I think, I know that, you know, they're both incredible games, and I think they'll both be remembered for a long time for different reasons. Uh, Shay, I'm going to try and summon him back. He's on the ground right now, probably vomiting again. Um, and I, there I see a hand on the webcam. He's reaching up for salvation. Uh... We wanted to talk a little Hellblade as we wrap up the show. Now, a lot of people are, you know, Hellblade is something a lot of people have been really interested in. Shay finally finished it and had a profound effect on him because he keeps talking about the ending of Hellblade. Why? Yeah. Yeah, and Josh can kind of help me with this. My, my thoughts are starting to get really scattered right now. Um, <laughs> it's Man, the flu sucks. Mm. Um, but... Uh, to to talk about the i mean to relate it to what we were talking about earlier to mine hunter uh it, it does so well with perspective because one of the biggest draws about that game is obviously senua um has a level of psychosis there's some mental issues going on with her and you as the player see this and you um you basically empathize with her so much but you are still trying to understand what you're viewing through her eyes and mm -hmm. the ending is basically predicated on that entirely because when you get to the end I, what you expect is not what happens and it's not good because it has a typical turn twist or turn it's not good because it's quote unquote deep it's good for so many reasons it for me personally i related to that ending because what i thought about is you know i and i, I don't want to do any names here i have family members or friends 
um, who are avid drug users and heavy drug users, mm. and they also have psychological issues. And w- with the particular people or person, people or persons or person I have in mind, in, in my life, it has been a struggle to interact with this human being, even though um, I care about this human being. And it's difficult because I can never understand what this person sees or copes with on a daily basis. And that's what this game really shows so well, is that we all have our grips on reality and we all under understand, quote-unquote, reality so vastly different. And yeah. it's easy yeah. mm. it's easy for us to, as human beings, to, you know, stick our thumb up or our nose up at people, you know, you know, and just basically, I meant bite our thumb or stick our nose up is what I meant. Um, clearly, I'm intelligent right now. Uh, that no, it's I think it's thumb in the nose. The thumb in the nose. I don't know. I think I've been flicking is. people off. Like just anymore. stick your finger up at them. Like fuck you. We're all over the mm-hmm. place with interpretation here. Yeah, thumb. Uh, like you sticking yeah. your thumb up. That's how I flip job, people off. So. Yeah, that's how I flick people off. I just stick my finger right up my nose, uh-huh. and look in their general direction, uh-huh. and uh, that's how that works, right? They know. They know. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a lot of disrespect, Josh. Mm. Yeah. So disrespectful. I think they get what I'm, what I'm going. Well, I see for, a motherfucker so. with his thumb in his nose staring at me. <sighs> Shit gets under my skin. It's on. It's on. Yeah. Um, but before yeah, I ramble cool. on I mean, anymore, I... It, it just it, it. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I, I would. I would love to see those parts of the game for sure. Um, it's great, and like the bo- the bosses, some of the bosses at the end, I I hadn't quite gotten to the bo- the boss that was Josh's boss of the year, and when I finally oh, got to that okay. boss, and I didn't even remember that this was his boss of the year. I played through that sequence, and I was like, "Holy shit, this boss is so good!" And then I actually yeah. went back and listened to our game of the year show. Um. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that was Josh's favorite boss. Yeah. And I could see why. That boss is so well done oh. in terms of, like, exactly what he said, atmosphere, um, every, everything about it. It's well done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've just looked up videos of it and stuff, and it looks incredible. Just sucks because I didn't get to experience it in context, and I wasn't able to get into Hellblade as much as you guys were. But um, and a lot of the stuff we did on the show was mostly we're joking to try and fight. Like, it wasn't so much about me disliking Hellblade, even though I'm not a big fan of it. More more so me wanting Resident Evil to get on the list. Um, but that's how those battles go. So, you yeah. know. Right, just I'm when you need someone uh, to help you... Come to terms with... Oh, well, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth because apparently I'm wrong. That, I was going to say, I'm glad you finally well, let this go, but apparently you haven't. You know... <laughs> We could have left it right there, and it was so good. And then you just, you know, I will say this: it was much like the battle for game of the year, as much like when I needed fish to back me up, as much like in Fortnite when people come running over the hill and I need fish to have my back. He's running off mm-hmm. to grab a loot chest, and you know, he's just never there when I need him. So, mm-hmm. but at the yeah, game of the every year, time, every time you're over there chopping chest. down a tree, fish is just off doing his own thing, like hiding in a fort, being a little coward. Yeah. Or, well, hang on. Hold on. Hang on. Is that how that story went? Is uh? <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you're doing there. It was a shack, mm. not a fort. All right. <laughs> and we would have been safe. 
We would have been safe. God damn it. Uh, it's the, I mean, nothing's safe in that game. If, if it's not the chests that are sucking him in, it's just the fucking trees. Anyways, um, so yeah, I'm glad that Hellblade had a profound effect on you. That's always cool. Do you think it would have made your top five if you had finished it? Absolutely. I think that it would have been number two or number three for me, to be honest with you. Wow. Um, I could what see would have gotten kicked off? Number, number two. Um, I believe my fifth game was, well, I kicked Sonic, Sonic. Mania off, which I'm sorry about that. That was so, that was so hard for me to kick that game off. Um, when did you kick Sonic Mania off? You didn't kick Sonic Mania off. It was number five. Oh, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah, so I would kick it off. Oh, God damn it. Poor Sonic Mania. I kicked it off for Nier. Shay kicked it off for Hellblade. Just when you think Sonic's getting back on his feet, he's just getting kicked around. I'm not happy about that. Well, Sonic is a great game, great but game. it's an old faithful. It's a one-trick pony. And that's, I think that's the issue Sonic has kind of <sighs> always faced and will forever face. But let's, let's argue about that another day. You know what? Let's not get into that. It's true. One-trick pony. Last time I felt that trick, though, I was like six years old with my Sega Genesis. It's been a while. I can't believe they were letting you do tricks as a six-year-old. Six uh-huh. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <Thank you guys. laughs> Um, all right. So the last thing I wanted to say here, I'm going to wrap up the show just the perfect amount of, of time. I think, um, one news thing that came out, there was some more rumors going about that cyberpunk game that's coming out from uh, CD project red. And I just am fascinated about this game because it is going to be the people that made the Witcher three are making a cyberpunk futuristic open world game. And that is rumored to be at E3 this year. And that game if you imagine the good parts of The Witcher translated to that sort of a universe, and then if they can make just some sort of gameplay that's even just a little bit fun, just a little bit fun, combat that is just a little bit fun, oh, man, that's going to be something special. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Android. And that's yeah. right. I hope they can get Androids. some good writers for that. Because that, I mean, that one of the reasons that The Witcher did so well is because they had such deep, lore that no one really knew coming out of Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that the task of, you know, coming up with some sort of sci-fi that deep is a tall order, and I hope they've got some writers who are up to the task, because that, that sounds awesome. I believe. We believe. E3 this year. Oh, it's crazy to think about it, but it's only like four months away. Guy, Wait, February, March, April, May, June. Okay, five months away. But you know what? It'll be here before you know it. It's always exciting. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. A uh, good show, guys. As usual, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a kind rating wherever you download podcasts. Uh, maybe it's on uh, iTunes. Leave a nice uh, five-star rating there for us if you enjoy the show or wherever you get it. I know we're on Google Play and Stitcher and many other places. And of course, we have a YouTube channel for Sword Chomp that people have been finding slowly but surely as I talk to them each and every day. Um... And, of course, we're growing at Swordchomp on Instagram and Twitter. I'm always having all sorts of weird, fun polls and, and shit going on on the uh, Instagram. So, uh, growing, meeting new people every day. The community is, is amazing. So, thank you for listening to the show. It's been a lot of fun. We'll be back next week. with some great stuff to talk about. Until then, peace out. <laughs>